Zach Voorhees was a Google engineer for almost 10 years before discovering the AI censorship program called Machine Learning Fairness. He blew the whistles uh, and he um, delivered about a thousand pages of internal documents to the DOJ and to the public. He is now trying to raise awareness about Google's intention to meddle in the elections and giving China access to its Manhattan project called Deep Mind. Welcome, Zach Voorhees. How are you? Glenn, thank you very much for having me on the show. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Zach, you are um, incredibly brave. Let me just let me start with a kind of a personal question. What goes through your mind the night before you decide to go public against a company like Google? Um, you know, this was a really long time coming. Um, I've been seeing them tiptoe towards this um this total control of the internet. So for me, it's a moment of atonement when I can finally go out and warn the public about what's coming down and they've already been seeing it. So, you know, there's this buildup and then it comes out and it's a release and it's actually quite an emotional moment for me to be able to finally do this after years of waiting um, and uh, all the due diligence and collecting this information and making sure that it goes into the right hands. Zach, I have to, first of all, thank you for what you've done. I, I have to tell you, I'm shocked by the American people um, that we that we haven't reacted more strongly against this. The, uh, you know, a brave new world was right, not 1984. Um, we're just been given this drug of information and it doesn't seem like we we care either that or people don't actually believe this is going to turn into something really horrible. Yeah, um, you know, and the media told us that Google was the best company ever. And when Google went IPO, they said that they were going to do no evil and that they were going to organize the world's information and make it universally accessible and useful. And who could go against that? Right. You know, it was right there in their, you know, essentially a constitution of what they were going to do. And then after Donald Trump won the election, they threw all that away and it was shocking to see it. Give me an example of what you saw. So right after Donald Trump won the election, there was a executive meeting, like an all hands that they had that they broadcasted to all the employees so that they could watch. Yeah, I saw part and of it. You saw part of this, yeah. yeah. And it was really bizarre. The CFO broke down in tears. And um, Sergey Brin said that he was personally offended by the election of Donald Trump. But what really surprised me was the CEO, Sundar Pichai, who said that they were going to use their um, AI machine learning in order to combat misinformation online. And the question that I had was, well, who decides what's misinformation? Mm-hmm. And that's what led me down the rabbit hole to discover um, the ways that they were going to use machine learning, uh, machine learning to combat fake news and exactly what they were defining as fake news, Oh, I... which Go ahead. as I discovered were actual real events that had happened. 
Yeah. It's um it, it's quite amazing what they're doing and um and there's really no way to track. Are there are there more whistleblowers in Google that might come out? Are there more people that felt like you? And if so, what's it going to take for them to come out? Well, let me tell you that there is a person by the name of Kevin Cernicki, um who has a lot of he's got 2000 pages and he delivered this information to the labor board or state and federal and the thing is, is that this is now under sealed order by the arbitrator. This can't come to the public uh, at this time. But I know that there's 2,000 more pages ready to be disclosed, hopefully sometime in the future. Um, and Kevin has been the target of Google retaliation for giving this information to the National Labor Review Board. Um, what do you think he might have? Well... He specifically told me that he has information related to systematic targeting of the conservatives that were working at Google. Oh. And so, yeah, he, he, he gave this to the National Labor Review Board. And when Google found out about this, they ambushed him with HR. They took his laptop and then they constructed a, an alternative theory where he was actually maliciously hacking into their system in order to get documents to discover their legal strategy. And so they filed criminal suit against him and they have um, drained a hundred thousand dollars of his own money for him defending his legal actions um, with the company. This sounds a little like what uh, Zuckerberg did to the creator of Oculus. Um, tell me, uh, tell me what they're doing, um, to affect the election. Right. Well, recently you probably heard something that happened with Tulsi Gabbard. Yes. Um, I'd like to go into that a little bit. All right, go ahead. Um, so following a very successful democratic debate, Tulsi Gabbard had her account, her ad account deactivated right as people were searching for her. Um, and I know how, you know, accounts like hers goes down because I've seen it happen to Jordan Peterson. And the way the insiders are able to take down accounts is that there's this longstanding bug within the Google system. And the way that it works is if you have a target address, let's say Jordan Peterson, and you take his email account and you change it and you create a new account with that and you keep on doing this over and over and over again until there is a collection of spam email addresses those spam email addresses then start pushing spam to other people's email accounts the ai systems will see this spam network and they'll bring it down but they'll also bring down the original accounts and so when i was talking to tulsi gabbard's attorney he described me the exact same situation of what I saw with Jordan B. Peterson. So when Google says, oh, we don't know what's happening, you know, uh, must have been a bug or a suspicious activity. Um, what that what that says to me is that it was it was a, a vulnerability that was executed by, you know, a group of insiders. Now, why would it have to be executed point. by insiders? Insiders, because they know this exploit exists 
they may not work for the company. It's unknown. But there's a group of insiders with, with knowledge of certain exploits, and they're able to do an attack like this and give Google the pleasure of plausible deniability. Wow. Uh, okay. Um, I'm going to take a quick break and then I want to come back and I want to ask you, cause, um, you wrote a, a very powerful article, um, or were quoted in an article about, uh, the Manhattan project. And this is something I've discussed for a long time. I, I think, uh, you know, AGI and ASI is real. Uh, and I think it is beyond, uh, our imagination we're dealing with an alien life form we don't know what it's going to be but we do know whoever is controlling it at least at first uh is um is going to uh, be leaps and bounds ahead of anybody and i've been talking about i i kind of wish the united states was doing this but i also kind of don't i don't want the government to have it i don't want anybody to have it quite honestly but i know it's inevitable well You've been quoted as talking about a Manhattan project that Google is doing, but they're not doing it with the United States, which is terrifying. And we'll get into that here in one minute. All right. So, Zach, uh, we're talking to Zach Voorhees. He is a Google whistleblower, uh, former senior software developer at uh, Google. And I, I want to talk about the AI project, uh, DeepMind, who you say now Google is partnering with China on. Please tell me that's not true. Um, well, I mean, China, Google's got its offices in China. Uh, China has a, um, a policy, a principle of civil military fusion which was uh, started in 2017, which China gets access uh, with its civilian infrastructure and is able to fuse it with its military apparatus. Um, and one of the um, founding principal uh, engineers, uh, Fei-Fei Li, whose work with Google is opening up a, um, a has, has been opening up a lab in China. And so there's these people that are connected with China very strongly uh, with, between Google and China that are opening up this, uh, this new lab. Uh, Google's got, uh, China's got access to Google's uh, infrastructure because, mm. you know, their AI technology has no borders, um, according to them. And so um, the question that Peter Thiel, uh, opinion in his New York Times op-ed, Ask the question: Is Google committing treason by allowing Google by allowing China to have access to this information? And I think that it's an important question that we need to you know start asking: Is how much access does China have to this very important intellectual property? So what do you what do you say to the treason question? Why would they? Why should you consider that they might be committing treason? What do they have access to? Right. So Google's DeepMind is a really incredible project. Um, you might have heard a few years ago about how there was a new type of AI that was able to trounce every single chess player out in the world. And then it was able to be retooled and it 
beat the best Go champion in the world. Yes. Um, what DeepMind is is a general transferable intelligence. So when someone makes a machine learning intelligence program, um, it's usually trained on to just one problem, let's say chess or let's say checkers. But a transferable AI is able to take the intelligence that is grown towards a specific problem set and then transfer to a related problem set. So take, this take a, this know, this would also be called AGI, uh, artificial general intelligence? General intelligence, yes. Oh, boy. So this is what we're building, is we're building an artificial general intelligence. And that general intelligence will be, you know, uh, adept at many different tasks, possibly the entire spectrum of human tasks that people do today could be done by this one machine. And it has as its access all of the public information, you know, on the Internet, plus all of the hidden information that Google has stored in its data servers. Think of the public think of the public Internet plus the library of Alexandria. You start to get, you know, an idea of the wealth of information that this AI now has access to. So, Zach, so, it's, my, it's my understanding when you hit AGI, if you can, if, if ASI, superintelligence, is possible, it will come from AGI having access to the Internet and all of the information. That that's, that's when things get dicey. Um, I mean, I've, I've read about the studies where they try to keep AGI in a box and, you know, try to convince me to let it out of that box to get on the Internet, uh, and it always fails. We're starting with DeepMind on the Internet? I mean, DeepMind gets as its access, you know, read access to the, all the information that's on the Internet. Wow. Right? Because for these AIs, you need to train them with something. Right. So in order to train them, you know, first you use curated data, like a collection of faces or a collection, you know, sure. articles. Uh, but then as it gets more intelligent, you widen the, the data that you're allowed to push into this intelligence network. Okay, so um, the Chinese government then, the military, has access to all of the information in America. Yes, because Google doesn't have borders on its technology. Uh, you know, the technology, um, you know, its, its base of operations in China has the same access that, you know, someone in the U.K. or a Google lab in the U.K. or a Google lab in you know, the United States does. And so, you know, and this is what Google has said themselves, is that, you know, this technology about AI is borderless. Quote unquote. So does it go the other way? Do we have access to all the information that Google has in China? That is unknown, and I don't, I don't know the answer to that question. Um, I assume that because of the Great Wall of China, yeah. you know, there is certain information that the rest of Google may not be privy to, but I, don't, I, don't, I can't speak more on that. So how far uh, how far away are we? I mean, this is one of the reasons why 5G cannot be in the West from a a Chinese company. 
um, because the Chinese companies will have access to all of our information and they'll also have control to shut information off should they choose. Um, is that just is that horse already out of the out of the barn? We'll continue with uh, the whistleblower from Google um, in uh, just a minute. His name is Zach Voorhees. Zach Voorhees. Um, more in just a second. This is the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We have Zach Voorhees on. He is a Google whistleblower, former Google senior software developer. Uh, Zach, I know that uh, DeepMind has said that they haven't moved their uh, operations to China, but does that even matter if they have access to the DeepMind information and the Google information? Yeah, that's right. You know, if access to this information is transferred, you know, the Chinese military can get a copy of it. Right. And we need to audit this thing because, you know, DeepMind is likely the most advanced AI system on the planet. And China is a rival to the United States. And according to their 2017 mandate, um, any of the civilian, you know, projects need to be shared with the People's Liberation Army of China. Doesn't this bother the people at Google that they are in bed with such an oppressive state? They, they all say they're for social justice. Good heavens, what, what about the justice in China? You know, it's interesting because you know, Google has made a really big stink about working with the Pentagon. And, you know, there was a project started called Project Maven and Project um, Jedi, and this was going to be an AI collaboration with the Pentagon. And the information about that project kept on being leaked to the public and to Reuters and through a bunch of different news agencies. And what happened was an employee brigade started to form to resist Project Maven. And it was this brigade that gave Google the excuse to be able to cancel their project with the Pentagon. Now, what's really funny is that no one has ever started a brigade about stopping Google's um, military cooperation with China. It hasn't even been brought up. And so I find it very troubling that while the employees are willing to you know, protest military cooperation with the Pentagon, that there isn't such a thing with the Chinese military. So when I talk to my friends, Zach, and I say I was just over to a friend's house and uh, they had Google Home uh, or Lex, I can't remember. Um, and they said they walked in the door and they said lights, turns on the lights. Um, they have Google Nest. They had I mean, it was a Google Home. It was a Google Home. And I said, are you out of your mind? And they said, oh, Glenn. And I said, no, 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 oh, Glenn. They have all your information. And people don't understand. Can you please explain why giving them that kind of access to your house is a bad idea, if indeed you think it is? I would feel a lot better about it if 
the United States had this information on other citizens in other countries. Um, you know, there is a saying in Silicon Valley, which is, if the product is free, you are the, are the product. product. Yeah. And so, you know, what's happening, I believe, is that Google is selling your data to intelligence communities around the world. And Why would they want it? Why would they want it? Because why, why would Google want it? No, why, why would the intelligence agencies want it? Um, because it gives them power. Uh, intelligence is the most valuable form of military power, um, which is why deception is used uh, in all forms of warfare. Mm-hmm. And so having information and the buying habits of every single American on U.S. soil is very valuable if you're the manufacturing powerhouse of the world. So I asked Tim Poole this question, um, and I haven't heard back from him yet. I asked him this weekend, um, why, why don't we just pass a law that makes our information our information? You can't sell my information. You collect it. I can sell it to you, but you don't. You can't keep it. You can't have it. Is that a possible solution for all of this or not? Right. It needs to happen because, you know, when you go on a plane, you get an 80-page end-user license agreement just to use the Internet. Right. And the reason why they have this huge license agreement is because they're selling your data. You know, and there needs to be a way that the United States treats your personal information as a piece of property. Correct. You have the right to, and that, you know, companies can't be trading on the open market. Um, all the psychometric information, um, you know, your race, your gender, your location, how many kids you have, you know, what are your vulnerabilities? You know, what time do you go to bed? What time do you wake up? You know, what, where do you go to work? You know, all these, you know, all, all these little bits of data get fused back in these huge data centers and they create these, you know, um, if not explicit profiles, also shadow profiles. Mm-hmm. And people have been talking about this where, you know, they found their data on Facebook and Facebook already knew who they were. And then when they, when they, you know, signed up all of a sudden it recommended all these people that they knew in real life. Why? Because Facebook has created a, a profile of you, regardless of whether you've created a, you know, an account with them. Um, and this happens within Google and this happens with companies like Palantir. You know, th- there's, there's multiple companies out there that are collecting all this information that's available to purchase and to scrape. And they're creating profiles of every single person in the United States. Now, here's why it's dangerous, Glenn. Okay, that data gets sold to the Chinese military. Let's say you start talking about forced organ harvesting, and this displeases China. Well, now they know exactly where you are, who your friends are, and how they can target you. And the United States does not have the same information on Chinese nationals living within China. So they can take out our assets in the United States at will, and the United States has no ability to retaliate. And you have no, you have no idea that it's even coming from China. You could start to have things released about you, 
um, that are true or not true. And it could could be just because you're outspoken against, you know, Chinese human rights policies and you're taken out with your credibility by the Chinese and nobody knows that. Is that one of the fears that you're talking about? Yeah, I mean, it could be a targeted assassination or it could be assassination of your reputation. Correct. Through one of these news organizations that, um, you know, takes money from, you know, other governments around the world. Zach, um, I appreciate your honesty and I appreciate um, your willingness to uh, to be a lightning rod on this. I, I hope that people begin to pay attention soon and hope to have you on again. Thank you, Zach. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, Glenn. You bet. Zach Voorhees, Google whistleblower. It's amazing stuff. And then people just don't realize how much this is already in their lives. Uh, wait until I give you the, I have to wait until tomorrow. I've got some stories tomorrow that uh, I've got to get to. Here's the thing, though. I really like just saying something and then the music starts playing. That's the thing. I kind of like when I'm in my kitchen and I just want to say, Hey Alexa. Oh, I know. You know, play. You know, I for really, you, Lady Gaga. Uh, I really want, uh, <laughs> and it just starts blasted in the kitchen, right? And then that's uh, it's a lot easier than yeah. having to like press a button, yeah, or well, or I know. click something. I know. It's just saying it. I am such. Uh, I love new technology. Yeah, and I just can't go there. I that's just can't do it because you usually talk a big game and then carry your ipad around everywhere you go yes right like that's you right and we all are that way in some at some level i i feel the same i see the same dangers in the things you're talking about but i do i have these things all over my house oh yes i do yeah um but i think uh i'm reminding myself we need to get back to the real story today which is glenn beck at a lady gaga concert now i think the people need to know what actually occurred number one was it you on stage with lady gaga falling off Number two, how many songs did you sing along to? Uh, <clears throat> what was okay, this experience so, so here's like? the thing. I'm a huge fan of Lady Gaga because I think she, her talent, her bravery, her creativity is off the charts. I don't necessarily agree with everything she agrees with. Um, no, just you know, not even close. Not even close. But you are. You do have this weird artsy side that people don't necessarily yeah. uncover if they only see clips of you on YouTube. Like, yeah. You know, so you... a lot of people were surprised, I guess, that I went there. But <laughs> yes. uh, uh, I, I'm I'm a big fan of her bravery on what she has done, uh, and I like her. I think as a person, although I'm confused after going to the concert, I don't know who she is. I don't know who she is because she plays. She's playing a role when she's Lady Gaga, and so I don't know what's real and what's her. And it's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was disappointed by the concert. And mainly because the production was weird. She like spent time talking to this, you know, animated robot thing <laughs> on stage. It was weird. It was just a weird concert. Mm-hmm. Who would have thunk? Yeah, it? I know. That's yeah, shocking. but she was. But she was really good. I mean, she was. It was amazing. Her voice quality was amazing. Anyway, um, at one point, and you might have seen this. This is the concert that I was at where she fell off the stage. And what people don't know is this guy, um, it kind of sounded almost like it was he was post-suicidal and had uh, been brought through it by Lady Gaga. And he threw this letter up on stage and she reads it, you know, cold. And uh, he says, I'm from England and you saved my life. And it was a really nice letter. Um, And he said, I just want to give you a hug. And so uh, she says, come up on stage. And they're on this little round stage that's maybe eight 
10 feet across max and there's a piano on it and uh so she comes up he and she says give me a hug and well he does he gives her a bear hug and then he lifts her up and then he starts jumping up and down with her and i'm the whole crowd is like oh this is not going to end well and uh so she wraps her legs around him and he's jumping and as he jumps one of his one of his uh, feet miss the stage and they go down and they hit the stage hard and then they fall roll off the stage and hit the cement six foot drop hit the cement hard uh and it, it was quite amazing and then what was incredible that i liked is the way she handled this for a long time maybe two minutes three minutes she didn't say there was nothing music stopped nothing was going on and only half the crowd could see because of the piano only half the crowd could see what was going on but she was on the ground with this guy and apparently um just there for a while and uh security was, was starts in to help her up she's like no 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 i'm fine and you're hearing just this scramble and she's like i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine and then she starts talking to him and she's like it's not your fault it's not your fault and she's talking to him not you know not to the crowd to him and she's like it's not your fault stop it no it's okay i'm okay are you okay good it takes two to tango we just we both did this this isn't your fault and it was such an amazing thing to hear her immediately comfort him and then she got back up on the stage and uh shook it off to a point where it you're like wow she must have landed on people or something because she didn't look like she was hurt at all um and she's like he won't come up on stage he's really upset he thinks this is his fault come up here and uh then she turns to the crowd and she said if anybody is mean to him or blames him for this uh you'll have me to deal with and she finally gets him back up on stage she hugs him and she says sit down he sits next to her at the piano and she sings a song to him and he's singing it you know with her off the side and it was an amazing moment of kindness which was so weird and upside down from the rest of her show because the rest of her show (laughs) was this act of this thing that was it was just weird and it it wasn't necessarily kind all the time uh and so it was it, it was nice it was a real moment that is kind of why i like her you know i think she was bullied i know she was she was bullied as a kid she's in a massive amount of pain all the time uh and uh she treats people uh and encourages people to be different and don't listen to what everybody says and i like that about her did you sing along with baby i was born this way i want to know if you can I say that I also the next day went to see Donnie and Marie? <laughs> Are you trying to prove a point? What do you? No, I, yeah, that I'm psychotic, maybe. <laughs> uh, and I didn't know what to expect from that. They only have 17 shows left, and if you're anywhere near, you have to see. This will be the last time Donnie and Marie ever perform together. 11 years running. It's amazing. See it. It's really good. If you want to see Lady Gaga, see the American Standards. 
concert. I think that's the one I should have gone to. All right, we're uh, we're doing a couple things uh, this week on the TV show at five o'clock. We are going through uh, the chalkboard on the impeachment of Donald Trump. All this week, we're getting ready for another special, a new chapter in the chalkboard. Uh, we're going to be doing a special. I think it's a week from Wednesday. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of new information there. But we delve into each of those pieces so you know the characters and what we're talking about all this week at 5 o'clock on Blaze TV.